Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. This is a podcast from Minute Media. to Riverdale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that takes place in three distinct, different, but tied-together time periods. I'm Alexi. Hello. When your soul can flow freely, you never know who's who. But you know then your name's going to be, like, similar. So <laughs> that's not convenient. I'm Justine. <laughs> I'm Pete. Now you're Poppy Seed LePage, and we are going to be talking yes. about Riverdale Season 6, Episode 4, Chapter 99, The Witching Hours, which is a huge episode for the show for a number of reasons, and we're going to have to do a lot of explanation right here at the top of the podcast. But the big thing yeah. that you probably want to know is Sabrina Spellman is back towards the end of the episode. If you don't know who she is, she's a classic Archie Comics character who <laughs> appeared for, Pete, what was it, six Parts. Oh, don't right? you fucking start. It was seasons. <laughs> and don't with Six the chapter parts. bullshit and the uh, nightmare. Mm. Well, anyway, they did 36 episodes. I think we can both agree on that of Chilling Adventures of yes. Sabrina over on Netflix. There were a lot of questions about how the world's tied together, whether Sabrina could ever guest star on Riverdoll. And it finally happened this episode. Unfortunately, after, of course, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina was canceled by Netflix. But we do get some little teases about what's going on. We'll talk about that. That was the parts that, that took them down. That was it. Otherwise, <laughs> it, it was the greatest the show. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I love I love the flex of um, Roberto Garcia who's like, oh, you canceled my show? Well, I'm making the other show. That show. This show is Netflix. <laughs> Netflix sitting over there in the corner being like, well, I guess we'll stop making content. We feel oh, bad. Shut it down. I guess we'll go back to mailing people DVDs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the other thing that you need to know on the Riverdale end of things is that we are close to the end of a five-episode event called River Vale that finds us in a very different town than Riverdale with a different continuity, different characters. And it's also been semi-anthology style where each episode does connect, but doesn't seem to quite connect to the previous episode. They all have their own tone, their own supernatural focus. We've seen ghost stories. Archie's We've still seen... dead. Archie is still dead. Uh, still and dead. very noticeably off camera this episode as well. If you're going to bring it back, 
this would have been the one. I was surprised. And yeah. no, he is not, not at even all. brought up. Not but, even. Oh, hey. The main thing that you need to know here, since she's really the only other character that appears in the present, is that Cheryl has, both in Riverdale and in Rivervale, been running a school for girls out of Thornhill, been taking care of a number of redheaded children, including Britta, who we find out his full name is Britannia, Britannia Beach. Uh, in this episode, she is also taking care of her Nana Rose, who is old and demented. We've been told several times throughout the series. And yeah. that we find out is named Roseanne, like the right. TV show. Yes. Yeah. And we the oh, the other thing that we probably need to know, even though it doesn't quite connect, is in Riverdale. Cheryl found out that she had an ancestor named Abigail Blossom, who was burned at the stake for being a witch back in the day. Again. The important thing to emphasize before we get into this, this is a different (laughs) continuity than Riverdale. All of the history that is embraced over the course of this episode is not necessarily the history of Riverdale. It's the history of Rivervale. Cool? Charles Immortal, I'm never changing my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, here's what I think. Uh, Wait, wait, wait. Yes. Before you get into some long-winded explanation, I just want to say, (laughs) as someone who started this thing being like, fuck River Vale, this is uh, stupid, I want the show that I signed up for, uh, totally redeem themselves. They gave me an episode where you give me three Cheryls in different time periods. I mean, that is just fun. And Sabrina, on top of it, sure, you're going to make me wait till the end of the Okay, all right, fine. I'll wait. But wow. gee, oh, I just, mean, the episode oh. makes you wait a very long time. So I think, yeah, and then too. the reveal that Cheryl has been a witch this whole time, which I totally called, and you guys didn't believe. But yes, fan, you called that back in season one, so it felt a little weird. Yeah, yeah. Like, that so lady's a witch. Get it. <laughs> 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 okay, You've just Pete. been walking around the streets in New York City yelling that, right, Pete? Witch, <laughs> witch, <laughs> to pointing at strangers. Oh man. I love it. I love it. Uh, Before we get into a list of names, though, I agree. This episode was absolutely fantastic. I mean, the broad overview, like Pete was saying, is we get these three different stories of Cheryl, Abigail Blossom, her ancestor from 1892, and Poppy, a.k.a. Poppy Seed Blossom, from 1957. They all tie together. And as you may have figured out from the title of the episode, it's very loosely based on the film The Hours, which had a similar structure. Did you... Did you have to roll your eyes when you said loosely based, or was that just involuntary? I mean, they can't hear that in an audio podcast. Please. Okay, cool, cool. Just wondering. Yeah. Creak! <laughs> so much eye rolling always on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, it's not the exact plot or anything like that. It's just using the idea of taking three women throughout time, having their stories not immediately three clear Cheryl's. how they're tied together. Yes, uh, the hours also had three Cheryls. Exactly. And... Mm-hmm. Tying them together ultimately at the end, um, also through their shared loss and loneliness and things like that. Um, so that's what we're one, one of the yes, reference because I agree with you. That's the main reference. But there's this TV show Dark on Netflix that also deals with um, different eras uh, of people existing and, and sort of being in multiple eras. And I feel like that would may have been a reference here as well because the music felt very similar mm. to me. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever it is, like Pete was saying, I thought this episode was great. Just uh, hooking so it on fun. Madeline Patch, who is 
one of the strongest actresses on the show and always wild and over the top. Giving her so much to dig into was great. Uh, And it was just also like a lot of these episodes of River Valley really well filmed, really well edited, really well put together. I just enjoyed this quite a bit. Justin, what about you? Yeah, I'm sorry, but this is the show that I want. I want this show all the time. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Wait, Rivervale or The Cheryl Show? The Cheryl Show. I mean, both technically, but I I mean, Rivervale, like the way they're able to just stretch the form of the show and play the story and characters just so hard uh, in these episodes, especially this one, I think is so fun. And maybe it would be too much if it was every episode of the show was uh, this way, but once a season we get a couple of these, I think would be awesome. Yeah. So let's get into the list of names before we actually get into the plot and everything, just because I think hopefully uh, it's definitely been hard to get my head on straight and concentrate on who everybody is. Also, because they're very clearly nonspecific about how these characters tie to the characters in the present of Rivervale. There's also the question, which we should talk about in a second, about how, if at all, this affects Riverdale. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of speculation about that. But... Talk through the time period. So we got Cheryl in the present, who will get to exactly what Cheryl is towards the end because it's a little confusing and deserves some explanation of his own. Britta, Nana Rose, as we mentioned, Sabrina visits, uh, and then there's a couple of other students, and she's just reading that story. So we know those characters. That's fine. We kind of got that for the moment. Then you go back to 1957. You got Poppy Blossom. And working with working, hanging out with Poppy Blossom at her slots are Camilla Mendez is playing Velma, no last name. Mm -hmm. Bitsy, Lily Reinhardt is Bitsy, also no last name, though I do have a suspicion who she is in the continuity. She is married to Jack, who is played by Cole Sprouse, also no last name. We've got a maid, Chinna Amick, is Elena Alexis who we also don't have any last name there, but the very cute little Easter egg there. Major Abbott's middle name is Aleda, and her husband's name is David Alexis. So very cute little thing going on there. Nice. And then we also have Tammy Tate, uh, who is played by Aaron Tam-tam. Westbrook. Tam Tam. Uh, there's also a strong implication that whoever Charles Metton, Melton, who is usually Reggie is, is married to Velma, though we don't explicitly get that said out loud. Uh, and then we also have Kirk Keller, who is a lawman who is prosecuting communists. I think that covers everybody in that time period, right? Played by Kevin. Played by... Well, yeah, that's why I don't understand. Like, it seems like you're making it harder where you could just say there is, like, Bob cut Cheryl, then there's super curly head Cheryl, and then there's regulation Cheryl. Like, I don't know why you have to do all that. Well, I think from here on out, we're going to call regulation Cheryl regulation Cheryl. (laughs) (laughs) Right? That's what you want. How often does she get checked, by the way? (laughs) (laughs) The guy comes in and like... That's the end of regulation Cheryl. (laughs) (laughs) The reason that I'm specifying it is because there is, I think, a fair amount of confusion based on previous flashback episodes of like, okay, Lily Reinhardt is playing Bitsy. Does that mean who, who, what relationship is that to Betty? Is she on the Cooper family tree? And if so, is a Cooper making out with a Blossom who are cousins? And is that gross? And I think ultimately the answer there is no. We probably kind of find out at the end of the episode that Bitsy is Alice's mom. So that means she's probably a Smith, which means they're not related. But we don't explicitly get to say that. And then also, I think just to add in and then go ahead, Justin, I think also – 
there's probably, if I was to speculate, a fair amount of consternation online because you got Cole Sprouse playing Jack and you got Lily Reinhardt playing Bitsy. Jack is an abusive asshole. Yeah, but that's they're horrible. not yeah. bughead. That's not. Now, Pete, you must have not. loved. You must have loved seeing not. Jack Bits. Jack no, Bits is that's together, not. and, and somebody it's, it's just what you Jack. wanted. That is not Jack related Bits. to Jughead at all. It's Jackhead is his name, and nope. he's with Bit- nope. Bitsy. It's Jack nope. Bits, and they're solving mysteries <laughs> of how to be how to be mean <laughs> to. <laughs> I've solved Horrible the mystery of how to get poisoned to death. This this is why I think it was important to specify who everybody is and then taking it back even further, just very quickly, because there's less characters in this sequence. We got Abigail Blossom, who is Cheryl's ancestor, who is the crux, the most important character in this episode. She is in love with Tomasita Topaz, who is played by Vanessa Morgan. And the third character there is is Finn. Fen Fogarty, played by Drew Ray Tanner, who is an ancestor of Fags Fogarty, but is different from Finn Fogarty, who is the alternate universe of Fags that we met last episode. We're so yes. close to Fing Fang Foom there. Like, I real know. close. Real close. Um, and Alex, this must have, you got uh, some Shoney here. This was in this what episode. you signed up for right here, the Shoney <laughs> of is, it all. When I signed up at the beginning, they were like, hey, do you want a regulation Cheryl? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, any add-ons? And I was like, yeah, can you give me the Shoney add-on? And they're like, great. <laughs> great. <laughs> Meanwhile, Pete was in the background pointing at people and calling them witches. This is back <laughs> to the first Witch! Come on, that's so. not, Sir, that's a horrible this is thing a, that happened. This is though. a Wendy's. Witch! Burn her! <laughs> Uh, So anyway, okay, I think we've set up everything properly. Why don't we talk through this episode? Because lots of stuff going on and all of it going on at the same time. But we do kick off with Jughead as the narrator in Thornhill. Wait, can I just do a temperature check with you guys? Like, for me, I was super pumped that we were going to see Sabrina. Like, were you guys, like, at all feeling that before this episode started? Like, a little extra excitement or just me? Yeah, I was absolutely excited yeah. and then a little disappointed that she was in six minutes, if we're being generous. Sure, but I, I mean, it, I, it happened. You know what I mean? You had to I wait, the, but it happened. I hear that, Alex, but I also liked what she did. It was a true Sabrina from the Sabrina show cameo. We got to hear her do stuff that she did on that show here and be a witch and do witchy things. Like, I loved it. Oh, I thought she was great. I loved the lines, like you're saying. I think they hit the dialogue properly. There's some, I didn't write it down, but when she comes into the room and sees Nana Rose, she's like, what's up, guys? Or something like that, which is a very, like, offhand Sabrina line. All the explanation was good. I'm sure there was a lot of frustration also about not exactly explaining how she escaped the sweet hereafter, but... I was okay with it. I thought it was fine. Well, yeah, yeah. the line, um, there's no death for witches, only transformation. I came back. I was like, that's a reference to her show being canceled in a cool mm-hmm. way, uh, maybe. That was great. But also um, how she was trapped in limbo and not, is now appearing before us. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, I it was, like you it was a very clear <laughs> reference to the plot of the show. Right. <laughs> uh, your fan fiction is uh, showing itself. Uh, oh, yes. sorry. My bad. My bad. 
I love we have a cousin Ambrose reference. Our covens mm, are in the yes. same softball league. Like that was we're hilarious. Having some fun. We're having yeah. some fun. Yeah. All that stuff is really good. I just want him bore of it. That's all. Like when yeah. she said, "Let's go to Pops," I was I thought, "Great, she's going to beat the rest of the characters." And then, granted, we cut to a absolutely See, wonderful scene at the end. In there. your own head instead of enjoying what you have in front of you. Oh, okay. Unlike you, Pete. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> were you disappointed? Uh, season of the- Season of the Witch playing when she we see her. Oh, nice okay. Come so on. Good. I mean, uh, listen, just... they nailed that five to six minutes. I just they was did. It was a spending great... the entire episode being like, okay, here comes Sabrina. Here comes <laughs> nope, nope, not yet. Okay, okay. Alex, I... enjoy enjoy the meal in front channels. of you. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy the meal in front of you. Here's what it was. It was a little aperitif is what it was. And Ooh. I wanted a full meal. I want more Sabrina. I want her to come back. Excuse me, your bouche is showing. I don't, I just <laughs> wanted. I thought it was good. Uh, what did you think about the fact that she mentioned, the only mention of another character we got was Ambrose. We didn't hear about Nick, who was also in The Sweet Hereafter. Uh, we didn't hear about any of the other characters. Were you disappointed in that at all? Yeah, there was the bad, my bad boy alert was not going off at all. <laughs> uh, so it was hard to um, see. And if you want to know, understand what we're talking about with these references, you have to listen to 19 hours of our other podcast. <laughs> and I, right. by, that, by 19, I mean 36 is what actually <laughs> Chilling podcast of Sabrina, baby. Go check it out. Editor's note, like a little editor's note at the bottom. Oh, wow. Being like, for hey, more Alex. on this, go see. Hey, Alex. Yeah. Editor's note. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go back to the beginning here. Uh, so Jughead is in Thornhill. He's doing this narration. Uh, continue. Fun. To the, so fun. Justin, like you were mentioning earlier, uh, this is great. I could have Jughead yeah. narrate every episode like this. I like this better than his voiceover. Well, and he's he's got such an attitude. He's like, yeah. oh, hello there, you jerks. It's like, whoa, <laughs> Jughead, I'm just here watching. I like you, Jughead, uh, but I do. The tone is is fun. Yeah. So then we get uh, this great montage of Poppy, Abigail, and Cheryl waking up, starting their day. I love this. I love the whole tone of this, the music of this, everything. I thought this was a perfect setup. Yeah, and I feel like the um, the props and hair and makeup in this episode are just yeah, awesome. yeah the wigs, the style, yeah, oh, just so much, yeah, like so good. Well, actually, before we get into it fully, though, since we are setting this up here, did you have a preferred time period? Mm, great mm. question. I mean, from the, I guess it would have to be uh, Poppy. Wow. Really? Was, uh, yeah. Interesting. I feel like um, – I mean, I liked all of it, obviously, but the emotional – the way that um, we got to see Poppy, Poppy really go through – Good the, the, Poppy. Poppy. <laughs> you, if you, you know, pope, you know. Right? <laughs> the Pope mobile? What's I'm happening? on another hey, call Poppy. with – I missed the Cheryl the as the Pope episode, but man, that, must, that must have been good. It's coming. It's definitely yeah. coming. <laughs> it should be. Uh, we got to see Poppy just – feel more go through more and uh, i feel like her story was a little more like close to us the viewer um the whole time but like we're saying i liked all of them yeah it was it's hard to be like uh a pick a favorite because it was such a fun ride and you're getting to see a lot of different stuff but i mean the looks were iconic i mean it really knocked it out i mean that that bob was unbelievable you know the curls were just fantastic and you know it's uh you know it was nice that cheryl got to flex like she doesn't wake up like this she puts in work you know what i mean like you know she's spending time uh but yeah 
it's, it's just a, so much fun to see the different kind of uh, uh, ideas and, and different kind of like Yeah, but Pete, nuances. favorite. What's your favorite, Pete? I don't know. I mean, when she, you see the spider like through the years, like putting on the spider brooch oh, was the pretty magic. Your favorite? <laughs> You're like the spider brooch. You like so far. You like hair and the spider brooch. Yeah. <laughs> choose it. one, Pete. Come on, choose a period. I, choose a I time can't. period. Do you it, can't. Pete. You can't. Pete. You Pete. can't. Pete. Pete. Sh- Pete. The shoney of it all was really nice. So I guess I'll have to do that. He, yeah. Pete's picking Abigail, and Alex, you're naturally picking Abigail as well. Yes, of course I'm picking Abigail. Um, and I do want to, again, just to put a little pit on that, I haven't forgot to talk about Shoddy because I think spider there's pin. a lot to get into there. Put a little spider brooch on it, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the connection here, as we find out, uh, is that Bailey's Comet comes every it's, uh, 65. It's, it's Bailey's Irish Comet. Yeah. <laughs> it's Bailey's Irish Comet. Yeah, Great now do you, you got to drink every time they say it. Yeah, you're going to be so creepy by the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, why did you just say that? What? So that comes every 65 years. That's the connection here. We have ultimately find out why when it happens towards the end of the episode at important points in each of the storylines. Um, but in the present storyline, should we talk about these separately? I mean, I know they do interweave, but... Yeah, let's start, and then we will weave as they weave. Well, why don't we talk about Cheryl, then? Because that is the most complicated storyline, but it's also the minimal footprint in the episode. The big thing that we find out here is she's reading all these stories to Nana Rose. Uh, She tells Britta everything that's going on. Britta stays behind. And then ultimately, what we find out is they're performing a transference spell. There never was a Cheryl. It was Abigail it. Blossom Cheryl who was a I called this. I called this. <laughs> kept changing her identity into different blossoms throughout time. Uh, and ultimately, they transfer the spirit of Abigail into Nana Rose's body. Nana Rose dies so that Abigail can pass to the afterlife. And Cheryl, quote unquote, is now Nana Rose, who gets to be young again and live the rest of her natural life in Cheryl's body. Yeah. So what do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, do we not have Cheryl moving forward? I'm very scared that that are was you the look- end of Cheryl. Are you Cheryl never for- existed. Uh, are you looking forward to um, Noni? Noni Rose? <laughs> <laughs> you ship Shoni as much as you ship Noni? So uh, this is, I think, the big Nanoni? open question. <laughs> this is the big open question of what we've been talking about this entire Rivervale event is what is going to be carried over, if anything, back into Riverdale. And first of all, things have nothing. not necessarily been carrying over from episode to episode. Most of the big plot points have been put on the back burner, like ignored, like not referenced to at all. So I don't even know necessarily if next episode we're going to hear Cheryl doesn't exist, and she is actually Nana Rose in Cheryl's body, and Cheryl, <laughs> nobody's going to say that. It's going to be its own thing. The The big thing, I think, to take away is, first of all, and this is getting into Abigail's storyline, in Riverdale, we know that Abigail was burned to the stake. Very hard to stay immortal when that happens, so I don't yeah. think Abigail lived forever and was secretly Cheryl in Riverdale. Like, that did not happen. That oh, was not okay. a thing. Oh, phew. But what it does touch on here is this thing that Cheryl has talked about time and again throughout the series, that I'm cursed to be alone. And I think the hint here, the big thing that I am taking away from the episode is that over the course of the season, we are going to see Cheryl try to break that self-imposed curse and that ultimately 
get back to her original love, Tony. Well, that's wow. fingers uh, crossed. Alex, your Shoney is showing. That is yeah. the most uh, fan. <laughs> I know. I'm I think having a story hard time. <laughs> I think the story is about the specific thing that I love. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm going to ignore everything else in the story except for this thing. But I don't think I'm wrong here. I think like the, what they're indicating is Abigail. That is and, what you said last season as well, BT Dub. <laughs> I know. And I still think I'm right. I think uh, you said it pretty much all the seasons. Abigail and Tomasina are immortal lovers who are meant to be together and ultimately join each other in the afterlife. I think that is what we are supposed to take away, at least potentially what Cheryl will think about Tony and potentially pursue Tony in that way. That's the worst case scenario. The best case scenario is that, yes, they are soulmates and supposed to be together. And that's the journey that we're going to follow. Well, let me throw this out, because um, watching this episode and then taking all of Rivervale into sort of account, it feels like each episode is about a particular character's anxiety or worry. Like this episode's about Cheryl always being alone forever, heightened to the point that she's alone for three lifetimes and can only leave when she is uh, put into a bod- another body. Um, we have um, the first episode about um, Betty and his relation- her relationship with Archie, uh, potentially, and end up killing him for the sake of the town. The, we had um, Veronica with um, uh, the devil. Like, she's willing to do anything to get what she wants. Nothing will stop her even making a deal with the devil. And then um, the other episode is Tony's anxiety about being a mother because she just has, has baby Tony. And we had that heightened into these, like, supernatural ways. So I do think as much as this won't plot-wise continue on, I do think Rivervale is meant to maybe just suggest, here are the biggest things that these characters have going on, and we are showing how crazy it can get if they don't resolve them. Hmm. I like that theory a lot. I think the other thing that we potentially see carried over is sort of the emotional intent or the emotional plot lines of what's going on. Like, for example, I don't think Reggie is going to be in hell Drag there by the devil when we get back to Riverdale. But I do think there's a possibility that Reggie and Veronica will have been in a relationship, built this casino together, and have broken up. Like, I think that's something that we may see in Riverdale. Or, Hmm. alternately, maybe I'm totally wrong, and maybe they will be together, but have to deal with the fact that they're on very different tracks when we get back to the main continuity. And same thing with Cheryl. This is why I'm saying about, like, the Tony thing. I do think that connects, because that is a big plot line for her on the show. So taking the idea of, at the very least, what she thinks about Tony and moving that forward, because we don't really get... Thomasina's perspective necessarily. She is a part of Abigail Blossom's story. Uh, We'll see that. Or to your point, Tony's fears about being a mother. She's not going to stop being a mother. She's not going to not have baby Anthony when we get back. But that is something that she's going to have to deal with and grapple with in some way throughout the rest of the season. What are you smiling at? (laughs) It's just funny to me if they're like, yes, what a great dream we all had. Except Tony is a water monster. (laughs) They just have bring one thing through to the regular show. If you could bring one thing, what would it be? Other, It's, you know, it's Cheryl being a super witch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why. Okay. First off, I think the, the takeaway from all this is that no matter what time period, you can't stop Cheryl. You can only slow her down for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, uh, so I feel like 
that would be awesome if it was, when we get back to Riverdale, it's super Cheryl, like super <laughs> Saiyan Cheryl, and nobody can stop her. Well, if they pick up the plot of Riverdale after Rivervale, that's what Cheryl was. <laughs> she was like starting a witch religion yeah. in real life, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, so, but eventually uh, gives that all up uh, to be with Tony. R- the one thing I would want to take is Archie having a gaping wound in his chest and no heart. I think that would be a great plot line. It would match his bear scar. And he could just kind of walk around, be in the locker room with Reggie and be like, real tough, bro. They took my heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, I get it. I'm in hell all the time. Um, what I want to see uh, carried over is Jughead writing nonsense. But at least we'll have a reason for it now rather than being like, I don't know. I just can't think of what to write. Betty, what'd you have for lunch? Oh, cool. I wrote it down. Yeah. Uh, but dark. I changed everybody's name. So it's an original story. I hope we yeah. see Bailey's comment in Riverdale. That'd be fun. You know, you could just go to the liquor store and get some Bailey's. Pete. You don't have to wait for the show. Oh, no, I guess you're right. Yeah. So I think we've touched on Cheryl's storyline. We can probably come back to that if there's any more to talk about. But why don't we jump over to Abigail, since that's the big one that kicks it off. So Abigail meets Thomasina Topaz, hires her to help teach at the school. They very quickly fall in love. And it's interrupted by Fen Fogarty, a warlock and murderer who killed... Abigail's, I was about to say Cheryl, Abigail's brother James at war yes. uh, and wants to marry Abigail, does in fact by threatening Thomasina's life. Uh, and then Abigail comes up with a very clever, very cunning plan to take care of Fed, which is chop him a bunch with an so axe. So smart, yeah. Yeah. Really lured him. <laughs> I mean, that whole line, like before Cheryl like hacks him up. Like, she has this, like, really badass line, like, hey, what's up, or whatever, and just, like, oh, I, I wrote it down, like, I'm trying to hey, find what's it. up? <laughs> no, it was really, like, uh, also, the, the all, the, oh, okay, we'll get to that, but, uh, man. Yeah, my um, favorite, man. my favorite part of any action movie is when the hero is like, hey, what's up, and hey, then does up? something really cool. Famously yeah, yeah. in The Shining, when Jack Nicholson pokes his head to the door and says, hey, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> um, honestly, my favorite Riverdale moment in the episode, though, was Abigail being like, don't worry, I have a plan for me. And her plan was just chop him with an axe. That was it. That was the whole plan. Uh, but uh, yes. she doesn't even kill him properly. He kills Tabasita and Fen curses Abigail to live forever, to be forever alone before he dies of all of his axe wounds. So that's what's going on there. In an episode of Rivervale where so much is going on, when uh, Fen shows up, that section goes so hard. It does yeah. not has no reason to be like... He's a warlock. He's done all this stuff. He takes death portraits after he kills them and collects them. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. So much. And it's great. But I I love their, like, I don't know if you can follow this, but it's three different Cheryls in three different time periods. They light a candle at the same time. And then oh, a yeah. warlock shows up and he kills people and takes their victories. <laughs> that candle but moment I was fantastic, their- by the way. <laughs> How long yes. they, yeah, that candle bit was great. But I also love how long they were taking to put all the stuff back into that little, like, box. I was <laughs> yes. like, forget the box. It's over. Like, get out of there. Oh, my God. Yeah, and they don't even do it. 
They don't. Yeah. Even, yeah. The way that sequence works out, they're oh, stuffing well, all the stuff back here. into the box, well, and normally it'd be this. like, and then they're hiding somewhere, but they're just standing in the room. They're just still like they're just waiting it up. for him. Yeah, it was like uh, a, one of those sequences where a bomb's going off and it's slowly ticking down the clock, and you're like, "There's this bomb would have gone off 20 minutes ago," <laughs> except it's them repacking right. Finn's and then the bomb does chest. go off because you're exactly. like, well, "No, they ran out of time. They didn't do it." <laughs> yeah, Boomer. Not to get back to the showdy of it all, though, but so much chemistry between the two of them throughout this oh. entire sequence. I thought it was so romantic, so well done. Um, I I bought it. I bought them as immortal lovers throughout this episode. <laughs> yeah. Nice. You it bought it. They very nice. movie. That whole graveyard scene was just so oh, moving. It was beautiful at the end there. Yeah. I oh. thought that was lovely. I mean, the the moment where they first sort of fall in love I agree with you that it was shot so romantically. You could tell it felt like the characters and even the actors were like, we've been waiting to do this scene in whatever time period. And we yeah. keep getting these letters from a fan named Alexander Zalbin. I guess <laughs> we we're doing this for. It's very weird. And I wish he would stop. They said, yes. Um, yeah, it, it definitely like, it's the sort of thing where no, it's not a shoddy. It is these two actresses doing this, but the, to your point, they understand the weight of what the fans want and what they've been waiting for and what they want to see. And they deliver on that properly. And I do think it contrasts with what goes on in a little bit with Bitsy and Poppy, which I think they did a nice job through the direction of delineating of like. Yes, these two characters are also in love, but it's not going to work. And like Lily Reinhardt yeah. and Madeline Patch do a good job of getting that chemistry there. Clearly, they like each other. They've worked with each other a really long time. But there's something that's missing there that you don't see necessarily in the Thomasina and Abigail scenes. Yeah, I think that's that's spot on. Pete, you okay? Yeah, I mean, all right. I'll give you that, I guess. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Are you, what a, are you mad? Are you a pit, pitsy shipper? You should no, Pitsy? I'm just Potsy, Potsy. Hey, Potsy. Wait, what are you upset about right now? I don't know. I just uh, the way you worded it, I didn't like the negative connotation about it. You know, I thought it was pretty nice. You liked Bitsy, like... Bitsy, and Poppy. No, no, I thought that was very fun. I thought it was like, oh, we're having some fun moment. But yeah, no, it's. I'm not slamming it at all. I like that sequence and it was very tragic. I thought overall that whole plot line was really well done, but I do think very purposely they were showing that Abigail slash Poppy is not going to be with Bitsy in the same way that she is with Thomasina. Like Thomasina is her true love throughout time. Then she is cursed and she can't be with Bitsy. It's never going to work out because Fen put this curse on her that goes throughout her entire life. So it can only go so, so far, and then that curse is going to hold things back. Pete? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's just I didn't like how Betty was all like, uh, you know, like, oh, Jack's uh, saying this and we can never be together. And I was just like, you know. Just to be clear, that was Betty and Jughead. Like, those are the names of the characters, yeah, and it's Bughead people. who were doing that. So go don't, ahead. Yeah. Don't put that on there. Jack Bits is the new bughead. No, no, no doubt. Everybody about it. ships it. It's trending no, right now. It is not. It's trending. It's yeah, trending no. right now. It Hashtag is. Jack Bits. Oh my god. Uh, Jack Bits is like a, a beef jerky that is coming out. <laughs> Ah, terrible, 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 terrible. Uh, just to wrap it up, the one thing that I wanted to say also is I did 
uh, and Justin, you touched on this, but I really love the tone, like the very arch tone of how they were delivering everything in this Abigail Tomasita sequence. It felt very Blackbeard to me with the whole Fen thing going on. Um, yeah. And it was fun. Like it was like a story bro- book and they were playing it like that. Uh, and I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah, it was great. Um, one other moment I thought was cool is when she fakes the pox. Quick old pox call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, that was fun. Yeah, uh, classic move works every time. Oh, and um, it's funny and horrifying. All the knocks on the door throughout all yeah. these time periods. Yeah. Super bad news. Oh no, a knock on the door. And then if you notice, when Sabrina comes, she rings the doorbell. That's right. Because mm. she's mm. good news. Yeah, there you go. That's that's a little tip to all of you visitors when you're coming over <laughs> to Justin's exactly. house. Make sure yeah. to ring the doorbell. Just ring the doorbell. It's much more chill. Police Other knock. Bad news. Yeah. Police knock? Is that what you just said? Well, I'm saying that, you know, usually cops will be real assholes, but if you're ringing the doorbell, it's somebody who's like, you know, took enough time to look for the fucking doorbell and like, you know. When when cops come to my house, I make them carol. Oh, wow. To get my attention. And yes. Pete hides his doorbell to make it particularly hard for people. There's a whole it's scavenger hunt that goes on. Yeah. It's actually not fun. the doorbell. <laughs> uh, all right. Why don't we move over and talk about Poppy's storyline? So she's holding a bunch of salons in the 50s for women, giving them information and little tonics and potions and herbs and things. Um, she helps out Velma uh, with her husband gives her a little aphrodisiac, helps Bitsy um, by trying to help her not get pregnant. That doesn't work because Jack, her abusive husband, finds out about it, and ultimately she does get pregnant. Uh, And over the course of it, Poppy gets arrested, thrown in jail as a communist sympathizer. She eventually gets out, kind of, to help Bitsy give birth. She gives birth to a baby girl, but Poppy then gets thrown under house arrest. And then by the end of the episode, she lives the rest of her life alone. Bitsy poisons Jack, thanks to some poison that she gives her, uh, and everybody lives unhappily ever after. So what did you think about this one? I know we've touched on it a little bit already. Justin? Uh, Very fun. Uh, Like I said, uh, this one was the most sort of emotional. uh, The uh, poppy was, you know, as we learned by the end, already uh, upset about her life because she was cursed and had lost her true love. She's just trying to keep going and the town, trying to help these people in town and the town won't, uh, they can't help but punish her for what she's doing. And I mean, I think this storyline specifically really feels like what Cheryl has been talking about in Riverdale all last season. Like this town has always been hard on my family and here you are doing it again. I thought I could trust you. And it's why she feels betrayed. Yeah. Do you think this is more of an overall thing than specifically about this storyline, but the first two storylines, the Abigail and the Poppy storyline, are very much about male oppression. The men are awful across the board, absolutely terrible. Anytime they come into a scene, it completely gets wrecked and ruined and they're selfish and mean. 2021, we only have women in those scenes. We only have Sabrina. Cheryl, quote-unquote, Dana Rose, Britta, the other girls at the school, that's it. So we don't see any men come into it. But do you think the implication here is that this is finally the time when women can be free, or is it just men don't enter it so they don't ruin it? I think it's Cheryl in the present day. If she is continuing – if she's Abigail, she's like, you know what? I've been – 
punished and hurt by men my entire life. I'm just going to not have them around. I'm going to have a school for girls and I'm going to hang out here and invite Sabrina over. And I'm like, yes, you are doing the right thing because everything that happened has happened to you has been awful, including um, Kevin Keller's awful mustache that he has when he plays <laughs> whatever Aww. Keller that he was. Playing. Was it Kurt Keller? I think Kirk was in the 50s. Yeah, Kirk. That that yeah. cookie duster was just unnecessary. Hey, <laughs> and we're we're up close. I'm happy to see shot. Kev. I agree with you know. Hey, you can feel how you want it about the mustache, but I'm just happy we're still getting a little Kev there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a really great episode for Kevin. Oh, <laughs> please give Kevin an episode. Uh, Pete, what did you think about the storyline? Again, I know we've talked about it a little bit, but what was your overall take on Poppy and Pitsy? Uh, it's and, and we've it's already established that you're a potsy shipper. It, it's fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. You, you hate to see, you know, this kind of stuff. You, you know what happens, but it's awful. Um, I can't know. I'm confused about who's who, but I just wanted to say before I forget that the Cheryl in the all red wedding dress was just magical. I mean, that was just... That was that was, that was very got. not to keep dropping references, but that was all very crimson peak. It felt like towards the end there with that wedding. Uh, I agree. That whole sequence was very haunting and weird and very cool. Just yeah, setting, the cutting back and forth was very cool. Setting it at Thornhill was just such a fun idea because the the costumes and the, you know the the people with the sets and everything just killing it. Like the seeing the different stuff was just so cool. It was fun to be in Thornhill for sure. I really liked and wanted to see more of the whole group that was hanging out with Poppy. Mm. I thought that was very fun. Um, Very fun for Poppy to call Tammy Tam Tam. Yeah. Nice. That continues over time as well. Uh, There was also a little bit of a reference to Dr. Kirtle, not Dr. Kirtle Jr., but Dr. Kirtle. That was nice. We get Wendy Wendy Weatherby reference. um, A lot of, I mean, did you guys catch the Queen's Gambit reference? Yes. Wait, what was that? She Poppy was being interviewed by Keller about accused of being a communist. And um, he's like, you went to Russia for a bit? And she's like, yes, I went to to Russia for a chess tournament. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wow, that is a direct as if she is the character in the (laughs) Queen's Gambit TV show. I was like, that's a baller thing to do. Yeah, I could see Cheryl doing that. She would be hard to play chess against for sure. Yeah. Uh, Why? While we're talking about the storyline, why do you think? In this storyline, it wasn't a reincarnation of Thomasina. It wasn't another Vanessa Morgan character. It was instead Bitsy, who was the romantic interest. I think for clarity uh, and to show, like, uh, it's not her, her true love again that she's going to lose. I think it's it's more sad, I think, if she's trying to be in love with this character, Bitsy, and it's just not working, but she can't let go because she's so lonely. Hmm. Um, if it was Thomasina again, it'd f- feel like he would be headed for a happier ending uh, or something, I think. I think there's also, although we're dealing with different continuities, and I might get, be getting this wrong, but I do think at the beginning, Thomasina mentioned she's from Greendale. And I think we know from over in Riverdale, the Topazes are from Greendale and then moved to Riverdale at some point later. I might be getting that incorrect, but that might be the other reason for that is like, there might not be any topazes in Riverdale at that point, even though we're in Riverdale potentially. Yeah. I, I don't remember if she was from Greendale, but I, she was from somewhere else. I think they're just kind of having fun with different options for Cheryl. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just got to have different options for regulation, Cheryl. Yeah. 
uh, yeah. old old school Cheryl mm-hmm. and Queen's Gambit. Variant. Uh, yeah, this whole storyline was great. We liked all of the supporting people. I thought Meech and Abic was very fun in her brief role as a conspiracy theorist. Um, <laughs> that was yeah. very fun as well. Uh, but overall, just very emotional and very well played. I thought Lily Reinhardt and Meech and Abic, uh, excuse me, Madeline Petch were great in their scenes together. I thought the scene where they reunited in the hospital where she was helping oh, her give yeah. birth was very emotional as yeah, well. Yeah, that was. When she ran in and they hugged, mm-hmm. that was really nice. Yeah, and it was a really nice shot of them touching each other's foreheads together, the mm-hmm. light in the background. That was very cool. Um, what else would you like to talk about? Any other moments you want to call out from the episode? I was – I love the Sabrina um, – like so much, but it was just like they went into a kind of a little bit of a monologue of like trying to then explain this the swapping of the nanas and the husu. I did like the you know shout out to the Sabrina where like hey I learned it from this other show you guys should all go check out if you like what's happening here. Uh, so that was like fun, but then it was like so okay and good thing that you're here here you know like you know other character who is the audience so we can explain what just happened like i felt like that was a little uh, much i just wanted more fun sabrina and cheryl times and like i wanted like cheryl to be like oh let's go to the magic dungeon and you sabrina like here see where i made all my spells and stuff like the that magic you know I mean? dungeon Come on, Thornhill's got to have some kind of like if Cheryl's what are you putting out. <laughs> Cheryl's a witch. She's got to have like uh, yeah. you know. Uh, uh, sure, you're not wrong. I just uh, take issue with the fact that you casually dropped it in there like we had a magic dungeon. Like we pre- knew, yeah. You like we talk that. about magic dungeon off mic all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah, when are they going to bring in Cheryl's magic dungeon? <laughs> You've been asking for the, for that since before the first episode, right, Pete? Yeah, exactly. You run around yeah. shouting at people, calling them witches and Wendy's, and then. Uh, God, be stop. like, whenever you see your magic, show me your magic dungeon. <laughs> you witch burner. <laughs> Hiding in your magic dungeon. I agree with you. There's a lot of info dump right at the end of the episode. It was necessary because it's yeah. confusing. It was very confusing, but that didn't really help as much as I would have liked because it was just like, I was like, I don't know who these characters are. We just met them today. Like, what are you fucking? I can't keep track of all this shit. Uh, it didn't help that Sabrina was talking in a baby voice the entire time, too. Yeah. <laughs> and they weren't, using, <laughs> they weren't using your preferred terms, which were uh, curly-haired Cheryl, yeah, exactly. regulation Cheryl, and uh, <laughs> short hair Cheryl, whatever you said. It's harder when they use actual names. Like, you but refer you, to me as um, beardier co-host. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I refer to you as Patchy. Yeah. Patchy. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. So do do you get it now, Pete? Now that we've talked about it on the podcast? No, I don't. Uh, I just <laughs> did you guys show really where we ask if Pete got it? <laughs> I just wanted... I mean it felt like it felt like I understand I understand that you didn't quite get it in the two minutes that they explained it towards the end of the episode. I'm just yeah. wondering if this forty five minute podcast <laughs> recording has helped at all. <laughs> no, because I okay. I yeah, I I didn't I it's hard to keep track. Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. We'll explain it again over the course of the next 45 minutes. Any other points you want to call out? I really like the phrase, happy, sad endings are best. I love yeah. that. That was a really nice turn of phrase. I also like the fact that Jughead was like, well, can't top that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I do like every episode of River, River Vale has ended with a shot of the sign uh, to mm-hmm. the town being different. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that they're going to pick up in this last episode of River Vale um, to, uh, to end it all with. Well, why don't we talk about that then? Because yes. there's certainly a lot we can speculate about what's going to happen in episode 100. I don't know if you guys saw this, but they released a slew of pictures from the episode. And anybody who's listening who does want to know, spoilers here, but there's a lot of stuff going on there. The biggest one is Jughead seemingly coming into Pops, which is filled with everybody in their classic comic book character looks, reading Archie comics that are set up on displays. Pete, you got to love this. There's a bunch of racks of comics. You love racks racks of comics. Dude, the spinner rack is OG, bro. Come on. Yeah. Uh, So everybody's dressed like that. So that's going on there. And then we also have a bunch of other looks from the episode. There's one that looks very much like Betty and Archie having some sort of perhaps engagement party or something, or somebody's making a toast to them. They're sitting at a a booth at Pops. Hal is there. And then also throughout the pictures, we see Ethel, who granted is still alive in Riverdale, but also Dilton Doily, who died way back. So a lot of stuff to parse. We've certainly had some speculation about what's going to happen. There's a lot of things that need to happen in this episode 100, not least of which is somehow get us back from Rivervale to Riverdale. So what do you think is going on? Pete, what's your probably Wait, so we don't know what the theme is? Like, it's not like, you know... We don't know what the theme is. We the have theme no is Under the Sea Dads. <laughs> oh, okay. <That> makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot of people slowly disappearing as uh, uh, probably. You know, well, maybe, honestly, happen. because the title of the episode is The Jughead Paradox, and the tease from the synopsis is something about Jughead starts to realize something is really wrong in Rivervale and tries to figure it out. Uh, that's really all we know about it. My speculation, just to throw out there, and like we talked about on the podcast before, I think Jughead in Rivervale is going to become aware that there's another Jughead behind him who's narrating stuff. Yeah. And potentially, I would I would guess, even right at the beginning of the episode, follow that narrator into Pops and find himself very briefly in like this hub for the Archie Comics multiverse and try to explore how to get back to Riverdale, the real Riverdale from Rivervale. That would be my best guess here. Interesting. So you think it's going to be um, Jughead's going to become aware of this of this the world around him, and he's actively trying to. We're going to get our Riverdale Jughead who's doing that, who slipped into Rivervale. Maybe potentially, um, or Rivervale Jughead is like, "Yo, all of my friends are dead, <laughs> and I sold yep. my soul to the devil. How do I get out of here?" Well, that's where my my theory is. Um, We've talked about how this is like um, a, a fantasy that Archie's having right as the bomb's going off uh, with the, that Hiram set at the end of last season or a lot of ideas like that. I am starting to think that it's Jughead-focused and it's him maybe uh, in some sort of – after the trauma of a, the bomb uh, going going off and may, Archie and Betty maybe being in, very injured or something. And this is his sort of uh, – trip as a well, yeah, well, I, I want to yeah. say I think it's similar to the, uh, you know I just I want to kind of I agree with Justin and to kind of put it a little differently I think it's what it's going to do is like Jughead is going to wake up in the sex bunker and kind of look around him and, and there's all these kind of like uh, you know it's mushrooms and he went on a bender and there's uh, drugs there and he's going to get real sad and be like oh no Archie's dead 
I'm betting. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> just, less sad about betting, just, I guess. Doesn't just, even cross his mind. No, care. no, Betty's a lie. Betty's a lie. Let me throw this out at you, and I probably have this very wrong, but do we know where Jughead was at the end of the episode when the bomb went off? Because he was he was just talking about moving in with Tabitha, but I think he still lived downstairs. So what if yes. Betty and Archie actually managed to escape the bomb, but Jughead was the one who was injured by it? Oh, interesting. Because we also got at the very first episode of River Vale, he came in downstairs and was like, well, Betty and Archie are upstairs boning. Isn't that weird? Well, talk to you later. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know. We didn't see who got hurt. We didn't see where the bomb went off. So that's a possibility there. But I do think the thing we're almost definitively going to see is multiple universes throughout the course of the episode. I think the Archie Comics Pops universe is going to be much less of the episode than we think it will be based yeah. on the pictures. So like this I think, is just a multiverse of madness is what you're saying? I think so, because I think I love this theory. So a couple of fads have thrown out that the reason Hal is there and the reason Betty and Archie are there and everybody's toasting them is this is the universe where it didn't things didn't go dark, where right. Betty and Archie were like, hey, we're going to get married at 18 Jason never gets murdered. Grundy never what? happens. None of that stuff ever happens. And so they're like, yep, we're 18. We're getting married. So I think we're going to see that. But I do think we're going to see other universes, potentially one where Betty and Jughead end up together, where Veronica and that Archie would be end nice. up together. Nah. I think we're going to. I, don't, no. I doubt we'll get that one. <laughs> I, mean, the one you, I just don't think we're going to get that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> just not that one. I think we're going to see all the these different game. iterations. I think we're going to see Shoddy together. I think do we're going to see Shoddy we're gonna get apart. one. Where the bear get, kills Archie and was like, got to live a happy life. Yeah, and one where the bear marries Archie. Oh, um, nice. All of these different iterations. Um, we might even see a universe where Kevin gets some lines, which would be really cool. Oh, that would, that be, would be something crazy. amazing. Yeah, and then he could too exp- far. I'm taking it too far. He could explain about flying babies. <laughs> yes. One universe where there's nothing but flying babies. Yeah. 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 Um, the idea that we get, and it makes a lot of sense. It is the hundredth episode. Uh, it makes sense to sort of celebrate all the different eras of Riverdale, all the different moments. So to really be able to flash through and see so much of the show, if it had gone differently, reference different things, I think would be awesome. Yeah. The Gargoyle King gets together with um, the Black Hood. Oh, oh wow. I always ship them. Yeah. So very exciting. I hope that happens. Whatever happens, it's going to be very, very cool. Before we wrap up here, though, let's do MVP of the episode. This should be a pretty easy one. Pete, who's your (laughs) MVP of the episode? You got to go with Cheryl on this. I mean, it was just, you know. Regulation Cheryl? All the Cheryls killed it in uh, different ways, but it was just, it's it was fun to kind of like, okay, we're going to have a multiverse of madness, but we'll give you three Cheryls. And in one of those three Cheryls, you're going to get Shoney. And it's going to be worth it all. (laughs) Justin, what about you, MVP of the episode? Um, Well, just to be different, I'm going to go with uh, Betty in in this episode or Bitsy. Um, Bitsy. I thought uh, Bitsy, yeah. I thought this was a a heartbreaking uh, sequence and played well. Had to just jump around emotionally a lot for for Lily Reinhardt in in the episode. Uh, It was uh, really cool to see her do that. And obviously... um, Pete ships Jack bits now, and Jack no. bits is the nope. new bughead. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, and on a similar note, I'm going to get it up to Jack. I think he made some really oh, interesting come points. On, you can't. No, absolutely not. Uh, I 
You know, I was kind of convinced by your argument, Justin, that you made earlier in the show about Poppy. I do think Madeline Patch was most emotional in that storyline, even though my heart, of course, is with Abigail and Tomasita. I... I loved what she did there, and that is a tragic romance in a very different way um, that channeled those emotions really nicely. We didn't talk about it, but that little moment in the jail where she puts her hand out and Bitsy very briefly puts her hand on her hand, pulls it back, and then shuts her down was gut-wrenching and sad and really nicely played. But just overall, a great episode of the show. Just really well done. Yep. And folks, if you would like to support this podcast and all the podcasts we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you after dark. After Jackbits. No. (laughs) (laughs) No.